Welcome to Lockdown Larder, where we're dishing up tips and inspiration from different foodies and their socially distanced dinner tables. Are you a banana bread baker? A sourdough self-starter? Or have you just developed a takeaway food habit? We're here to whet your appetite. This week, I spoke to the queen of London's lockdown takeaway food scene. Felicity Spector is a broadcast journalist and food writer who has dedicated her lockdown to using her 88,000 strong Instagram following to help small local businesses. She's also been showcasing the recipes from people of colour as part of her contribution to the Black Lives Matter movement. It was an absolute pleasure to get her foodie hotspots in London, as well as the perfect hummus recipe. Hummus fans, this one's for you. How did you start your really highly successful food Instagram? Um, and I want to kind of know about how you've got kind of more into kind of the food sphere. Through your well, it was really, so it was when my when my mum was first ill and um, work were very kind and um, sort of put me working on the website uh, side because it was more flexible if I suddenly needed to go down to Birmingham to see them or whatever. And um, it was a bit kind of like, uh, what can I, how can I make this more interesting? Well, I'll spice this up by looking for some interesting people to interview. And I suddenly, it, this was probably about 11 or 12 years ago, and there was and just a few sort of stories about women becoming food entrepreneurs. Um, a lot of people after foot of mouth, farmers' wives, have gone into trying to diversify their business because obviously they've found it very tough not being able to sell beef and milk and so on and, and some people had gone into cheese making or jam or cakes and sort of mailing them from home and it was all very interesting because not many people did that at that point so I then started writing some pieces for um, Great British Chefs and a couple of other websites and just really got into it and the Guild of Fine Food asked me to help with the Great Taste Awards but they have this really wonderful awards where that you you just judge all these different foods and you get to meet oh, lots of goodness. different people who are the wow. judges the yeah. loveliest people. Sounds like the absolute yeah. best day ever, just judging a high calibre of food dishes sort of on well, a table. You don't necessarily, when you do the initial judging, anyone can enter, so it doesn't. it's not all high calibre, let me tell you. Oh, no. Where you're like, okay, no, we were, we're not going to recommend that vegan sausage that looks like a, hmm, no, let's not mention that one again. <laughs> it drive you to eating bacon. But no, I'm joking because a lot of, and what's been really interesting with that is seeing how the free from and the vegan products have really improved over the last mm-hmm. few years. I'm lactose intolerant myself, um, mm. which is absolutely heartbreaking because it's so hard mm. to find dairy-free cheese that doesn't taste like yeah, yeah. Were you someone before who kind of liked going out to eat quite a lot before lockdown happened? I, I went out probably six nights a week. Wow. So how's the change? Because I, didn't like, I don't like being at home. I don't like eating by myself. So <laughs> I love company and I love meeting people and I love eating out and I love restaurants and chefs. And, you know, my heart is, goes out to all of them at this time because it's, it's incredibly hard working out how to keep going. How was the kind of, how did you manage the kind of transition from kind of eating every single meal every single night at home as opposed to being out in the buzz of the restaurant and the people? Yeah, I found it quite difficult to be honest. I mean, I don't love it. Luckily, there's endless seasons of Australian MasterChef and I've got obsessed with like all these really cheesy dramas. You know, like, oh, oh I'm not even going to tell you. It's too embarrassing. No, I'm a big fan of Hell's Kitchen at the moment. So um, we'll be doing all the videos yeah. of that, which is just glorious. So that's a bit competitive. I like the kind of um, the milder ones. <laughs> They're not quite shouting at each other. Well, like a nice old season of Bake Off, I think. Always nice to meet you. Yeah, 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 and definitely. Then I have to bake cake and then it's just like, oh, it just sends me really, really hungry for sweet stuff, which I think is <laughs> dangerous in the evening. How's your, you were saying you don't really like spending too much time at home. 
obviously, what's your kind of lockdown kitchen setup be? It's difficult with work because I don't get home until about a quarter to nine in the evening. So that's where the delivery boxes have come or the delivery meals have come in handy. But yeah, so at the beginning, there weren't any of those options. So I was getting um, some delivery boxes from the, the fruit and veg companies, which were supplying restaurants, which were desperately trying to keep their business going and their supply lines. And there's been some, and they were incredibly wonderful quality delivery. Um, and Smith and Brock, um, which I hadn't heard of before because they purely supplied restaurants. And I got a box from them and it was fantastic quality, absolutely delicious stuff. It was really beautiful, delicious. really, really good. Brilliant, brilliant companies. And you don't want them to go under. So, you know, I was getting those, but then it, it was quite hard actually because there were these family sized boxes of stuff and it's kind of, it was almost not even fitting in the fridge. And so I found a charity locally, which I could give stuff I couldn't manage. Oh, wow. Fruit and veg, they were happy to collect it. But recently I've been getting a lot of restaurant deliveries. Yeah. Um, some of them you cook yourself at home. Some of them, it's like a meal. You just have to heat it up slightly or whatever. Because I've really admired the way that they've tried to pivot towards home delivery mm. and really done incredibly well in trying in, in creating a dish which survives a journey in a box across the town and and then you can reheat in five ten minutes or whatever at home and it's still going to be as you know as good as it is in the restaurant and you know so, all credit to the chefs you know they've got they're keeping some people in work not all their staff obviously but you know it tides them over I'm sure you know people who like eating out like you it is exciting getting having that restaurant experience at home the very first delivery I had was some friends down at Marema restaurant um aubergine parmigiana and it was literally the best thing I'd eaten for about like a month and it was so good I was just like oh my god this is the most (laughs) delicious thing thank you and there was a lemon tart it was just like oh my god this is absolutely incredible yeah it's probably 75 percent cheese so um that's probably why it was so delicious (laughs) yeah I find that um you are relying on takeaways a lot more since you were since the start. I've literally never bought a takeaway before this. I've never in my life had wow. a takeaway, but now I've, I have, and um, I want to support them. And this is one way of doing it. And yeah. um, it's, you know, and also it's it you know keeps keeps them going a bit, and yeah. it's been delicious. And I, I'm really admiring what they're doing. Um, well, you were talking about the charities and stuff, and I noticed you've been really key and kind of helping local businesses and doing loads of positive stuff on your Mm. social media about sharing them. What kind of prompted you to do that and how, how did that come about kind of thing? And just you say, I'd like supporting those sort of things anyway. I've always been quite involved with um, obviously with cook for Syria, which we did a lot of fundraising for, um, uh, you know, the causes helping children affected by the war um, with UNICEF. So I've always enjoyed sort of helping those sort of things and feeling that we can, there are things we can do. You know, you have a big platform on social media. Um, you can use it for lots of things. And if you can use it to raise money or to kind of spread awareness about a charity or people that need, you know, that need help or that need um, need something that we can do for them, then that's always a, a really positive way of using it. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, I work in the news and I, you know, I know there are loads of people who are really struggling and, there are loads of food bank people who haven't been able to get out, you know, and get, get the, the, you know, free school meals and all that kind of thing. There's so many amazing people who are sort of actively helping and are delivering food and are sort of doing stuff for children during the holidays and helping get supplies to people who are sheltering and stuff. It's, it's, it's been really inspiring seeing what they're up to. And then also, you know, I can use that to tell people about things or to help 
spread the word about fundraising initiatives that they're doing or to donate money myself and then say, look, I've, you know, I've given money to this. It's a really good cause. You can just press this button here and do the same. Then that's, you know, a good thing that we can do. Yeah, especially I think, I think that's so, so true because obviously there's so many people putting out loads of at-home content and loads of recipes and things. But what you're saying about using your platform for like a more of a positive change and just giving people recipes and kind of directing them to valuable resources and local businesses mm-hmm. they can support is really, really key. Do you think that's like particularly important, like coming out of lockdown, what do you think are the big challenges that local businesses and small businesses and sort of well, because I think the biggest challenge is the uncertainty. We say, I mean, I, I, we're not coming out of lockdown. We're just wow. easing lockdown. You know, the friends of mine who run places, you know, they really, they really care for their staff and their customers and they're going to do everything they can. But the customers also need to be respectful of those staff and um, the rules that are in place to keep everybody as safe as possible. Yeah, definitely. Have um, you felt kind of prompted to be more creative or less creative in the kitchen it being in lockdown and spending more time at home kind of much more creative because I never used to cook at all (laughs) because I really you know I don't like cooking for myself you just have to look after yourself at this time it's really important in all sorts of ways mentally physically cooking is, is something which you can just get on and enjoy it you know just try and do something which is interesting I've got tons of recipe books I've got about hundreds of them and Although I couldn't guess a lot of the ingredients for things, you know, I, I could try or I could make something which I had most of the things for. I've enjoyed making, um, you know, just making things look nice and people enjoy it when I make their recipe, you know, or when other people make their recipes. That's what they've, that's what they've written them for. I was going to ask, how do you, do you just look into one of your many recipe books or do you kind of get a lot of the inspiration online? Because I understand you can make other people's recipes, which is really lovely. I, well, it depends, really. I mean, it's been really interesting with the um, with all the Black Lives Matter uh, movement, highlighting a lot of um, people of colour who are chefs or food writers, and sort of exploring new um, new people and seeing what kind of recipes they've got. That's been really interesting. Um, and although I can't eat chili and a lot of um, say Caribbean recipes are quite spicy. The one good thing about making them yourself at home is that you don't have to add the scotch bonnet <laughs> because you're making it yourself. And so, you know, it might not be the same dish, but, it, you know, you can still try things. You know, when, when you make something yourself at home, you can sort of have a version of it, you know. And and, um, and what's been really, inter- really great as well is all these people doing these amazing online um, resources, people like Ellie Kirshen and um, Anna Jones and people like that. And they, they've been really flexible about ingredients and they're really good at telling you what you can use instead because not you know, they know you're not going to have all these specialist things. So there's no point even sort of saying you have to make it with all these things, otherwise it won't work. Yeah. They're like, well, if you haven't got this, try this. And that's been really lovely as well that they've put that time and effort into just this resource that's been really helpful for loads of people, especially at the beginning when people were just really lost and didn't know where to start Absolutely. I'm like I don't even know I've got these tons of chickpeas that I bought in a panic and I don't know what to do with them you could google things but it's been they've been really helpful yeah in giving these Q&A sessions for people who've said look I really don't know what to do with this celeriac you know I mean I did I had a celeriac in a veg box I, I had one um, as well actually <laughs> I roasted it in the end but I can't see yeah. it out very well but I was just sort of like frantically BBC good fooding it for like two hours mm. and um yeah. valeriac and I think the other one was um fennel 
and I'm not sort of never been a really big fan of fennel. Oh, you see, I love fennel, but uh, and it's easy to prepare. Whereas celeriac is quite hard, isn't it? Because it's quite difficult looks, to chop up and everything. Looks horrendous. Yeah. It's just a sort of. I mean, I love it. I've eaten it out, but I finally found a recipe in the Noppy cookbook for a couple of. I, um, so you roasted roasted some off, and then the rest you sort of some of it you then pureed into it like a sort of tahini mm. into a sort of hummusy type thing oh, and that was actually quite nice yeah because so you had the roasted one on top and I put some other bits on it like a soft boiled egg and some roast mushrooms and things and I was quite pleased with it in the end I thought oh I've turned this into something quite nice and, and you're all sorts of it. yeah Delirious, but yeah <laughs> um, these kind of new ways of cooking and kind of sort of like substituting ingredients and being more flexible and kind of you know store cupboard cooking if you like do you think there's going to be more place for that kind of cooking going forward after lockdown yeah I don't know because we don't know what what the next few months are going to look like this is the trouble I'm sort of imagine <laughs> yeah well we just don't I mean you know nobody knows and the world food supply is is quite a been it's been very badly affected by all this as well so I think a lot of store cupboard and cheaper ingredients will be a necessity for people because you know whatever happens I think food prices will be higher um and certain products will be a lot more expensive and also and people you know a lot of people have lost their jobs or have had you know been furloughed and have got an uncertain financial future so I think a lot of people won't be able to go out or make things that are very complicated because the financial constraints so in a way you know it's these lessons that we've learned about no food waste we would have we should have done anyway but that's what is going to help get people through a difficult period financially if they're not wasting money throwing stuff out and they know how to make a good meal out of cheaper things you know as life does get you know had a few tough few months and it's only probably going to you know get tougher for some people I think the kind of process of going through these kind of cooking with everything and going through the processes and making your own versions of stuff could be really helpful um I mean a lot of people have you know I'm I'm not gonna I've tried sourdough and it just didn't work for me I just I'm you know you're not the yeah. first, I'm sure. Don't worry. No, I'm not. A, I'm not going to make sourdough. There are good bakeries near me who make lovely sourdough. I shall buy their sourdough. You know, and I like supporting the bakeries, so I can outsource the sourdough to them. <laughs> um, but I think you know, you don't have to be that ambitious. You don't have to make your own fermented kombucha, you know, and all that, unless you want to. So I think the key is not putting an unfair pressure on yourself because that's never a good thing. Like you're you're setting out to make like a nutritious like a delicious thing if you found some nice recipes that you like stick to them you know you don't you know and then branch out if you feel like it but yeah it's been it's a journey for people and it's you know it's if if the food side of things can make you feel like you're doing something creative and fun and you've got something enjoyable at the end of it then that can only be helpful because we've all got to get through this the best we can and be resilient and find ways of of cheering ourselves up. And if you're going to just get a takeaway equally, that's absolutely fine if it cheers you up. Mm. What's the most favourite thing that you've made in lockdown? Obviously, I have a few favourites of yours recently. I really liked your rice pudding party. That was wonderful. Oh, I know. That was great. Yeah. I love a rice pudding. Uh, You know, I've tried to make things which I can, um, you know, put in the freezer. And now it's easier to give things to people. You know, obviously don't want a whole cake. But now I can can gift things. And when I I know that a lot of the pressures that some chef friends of mine have been under. So sometimes, like today, I went up to the Good Egg in Stoke Newington and took them... um, this raspberry cheesecake crumble bars that I made because I was wanted to make them and it's like this huge quantity of them and I was like there's a lot of these so they, they can have some and I'll give some to some other friends tomorrow so that's been nice being able to give stuff away because I love giving stuff away it's nice yeah. to share things 
I mean, I've enjoyed making some of the, the savoury things. I did a lovely hummus with um, John Gregory Smith on Zoom. We did like a li- on Instagram live rather. And that was really fun. Proper hummus from his recipes from the West Bank. You don't use olive oil in it. You whiz it up with um, the, the chickpea cooking water. You drizzle it on at the end, like a lot of it, but you don't put it in the mix. What about tahini? Is tahini in it or is it? Oh yeah, loads of tahini. Loads I mean, tahini. I, I like a bit of garlic in mine, but um, you know, some people don't. It's, there's all these very sort of, yeah. some people make it with like a really, I mean, you have to have a lot of lemon. You have to have the chickpea water and um, tahini and a really good tahini. And I use um, Bellazi, which is really great. Um, or Alars, which is from uh, Asalengi shop. Those two are my favourites. I'm fussy about my tahini. Tell you what I really liked was the rhubarb custard bars. So there was this recipe that I I saw in the New York Times by Melissa Clark, who just writes really great recipes. Um, And it was it was like a shortbread base with like and you whizzed up rhubarb, cooked some rhubarb with and with eggs and things, and made a sort of custard layer. God, they were really good. I gave them to quite a few different people as gifts. Wow. And everyone liked them. Oh, so, I, mean, I might do a gooseberry version. Gooseberry's quite yeah. sour. It'd be nice with the sweet thing. Well, similar flavour to rhubarb, yeah. What's been your favourite lockdown takeaway? Oh, I don't know. There have been some really brilliant. It's hard to say. I mean, the one from Nick Balf at Levan in Peckham. He did this amazing pie with potato and basharan and mushroom, and, like this incredible pastry. And it was like, oh my God. And then tart tatan. And there was like delicious onion brioche with whipped butter and it was like everything was fantastic and another really good one was um um oran which is a israeli restaurant run by my friend odid oran in um haggerston that was fantastic as well like his hummus is great um and then the girls at lupins which is a little tiny restaurant down in london bridge their stuff is also really really brilliant like the vegetarian stuff and then there's a, a great charity called fat macy's which um again i really admire what they've done but it's run by volunteers and they work with young people who live in temporary accommodation. And um, so they're in hostels or whatever, and they could easily just fall into homelessness because what's really hard is to save up the money for a deposit to get a flat. So they employ them and they used to do catering and supper clubs. Obviously now they haven't been able to do that. So they really creatively worked out how to do delivery boxes and meals and keep these guys, you know, in, in some sort of paid work because that's the way that they can a get a bit of a training and they can, you know, sometimes get an MPQ, um, which will then help them get a job in hospitality if that's where they want to end up, but also helps them get that crucial money together to get a deposit. Um, and they did a wonderful. I mean, it was really nice, lovely meal, vegetarian, sort of slightly Mediterranean type of food. Uh, speaking to you, the one thing I just love people to get out of this is like to kind of look at your local restaurants more as opposed to just, you know, quite a lot of them aren't on Deliveroo and, you know, quite a lot mm. of them are small and you wouldn't necessarily think to order from there. So definitely yeah, I'm going to yeah. look more kind of my local restaurants around me because I'm sure, you know, they'd yeah. love to be supported and things. Um, just well, to- Deliveroo take a big chunk of money as well. So the yeah. ones that aren't on Deliveroo, it's because it's they can't afford it. Yeah, yeah. it's really sad. Um, mm. If we were to be plunged into lockdown again, which obviously is a terrifying thought, we really hope we won't go that way. What would be the one thing that you would stock up on? I've got quite a well-stocked freezer at the moment, which is good. Um, so unknown foil packages at the back would be anything. Oh, we'll have like lucky, lucky dip in the dip. freezer. Yeah. Like, oh, it's just gone. You know, just just make dinner more exciting, doesn't it? And yeah, um, nice. I know the restaurants are opening this weekend. I think some of them mm. are. Yes, I am going out. Um, you know, it's a difficult time and I, mm. you know, my heart goes out to them. Yeah. So for customers, give people a big tip. 
give them a big tip. I plan to give them a 100% tip. That's just me because I want to because my really, you know, I, I know how stressful this must be for them. Yeah. Um, and there's no guarantee that they'll stay open. They might be closed down again. And it's all like all these issues. It's really, really hard. So just if you're going out, everyone, just be kind and be generous if you if you can. That's I know great. not everyone can afford it, but if you can, yeah. you should. Yeah. Really, really good advice. Even just if you're yeah. just going out, you know, you don't have to order the whole menu, just a few. But I'm gonna bake some I'm gonna make some nice cakes to take the staff at the restaurants I'm going to at the weekend. So the trouble is you then give away the Tupperware and then you're like, oh now I've got no Tupperware again. Oh. You know, down to like some these, you know, like my last or uh, the ones with no lids. Like, why does this happen? Oh, the Tupperware, none of it has lids. Where are the lids? They buy your Tupperware. That's something you can stop yeah. up on your Tupperware. The Tupperware <laughs> Jenga mountain that falls out when you open the door. I don't know whether you have that. You're probably more tidy, but I, I shove it in, and as soon as you open the door, it all just cascades yeah. out. Like, I think oh. every kitchen, that's a kitchen essential for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm absolutely shocked. I've been making hummus wrong my entire life. I hope that this episode inspired you guys to utilise your small local businesses during this challenging time. And stay safe if you're hitting the restaurants. Join me next week for another big portion of Lockdown Lada. See ya! <laughs>